Hey everyone, welcome back to this edition of Ask. We have a couple of really great questions. One is why don't we hear from God uh, audibly like we used to? Uh, and the second is what about Jewish people? What do they do to get to heaven? Are they still God's chosen people? Awesome questions and we're gonna answer them on Ask. All right, so welcome back. We, uh, this is where we answer your questions. Um, every week we do this and all these questions are submitted uh, in any different various forms, but usually it's through our website, cornerstonebv.org. If you go to the media page, the drop down, uh, click on ask and you can submit your question about the Bible, uh, faith, life, anything from a biblical perspective. We'd love to answer that uh, in a future episode. So make sure you go ahead and do that. So these questions were uh, submitted. Um, you don't have to leave your name, so I'm not sure by who. Uh, but the first is, is um, um, a good question regarding God speaking, especially in the Old Testament, seemingly audibly, right, to them. And wasn't that kind of weird? And why doesn't that happen today? So it says it this way. There are many examples in scripture, people hearing from God, apparently audibly, sometimes without much mention of them being taken aback or surprised. Noah, for example, even received a specific work. Um, and it was it more commonplace then to hear instructions from God audibly uh, near the beginning of history, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a, a few things with that. First of all, you're right. It really doesn't often say anything about whether or not someone was surprised. It doesn't say, uh, you know, God spoke to so-and-so and they were like not surprised at all. It just doesn't really make any comment on that because it's really not the point of what the author's making. But I think we can assume that at least the first time or, or a few times that, that the Lord spoke audibly or to someone directly, they weren't expecting it, it took them aback. I mean, I, uh, I think uh, Samuel is a good example. He was a kid, but he did not, God kept speaking to him and he kept thinking it was Eli. Uh, kept going and saying, are you talking to me? And he's like, it's God, just be quiet and listen. Uh, Moses, the burning bush, uh, he, was definitely taken aback. What is this? And, and, and it really took a while for him to get used to that. So um, I think they probably did, uh, at least in the beginning, but as you see God speaking more and more to individuals, as time went on, they, they like anything, got a little bit more used to it, if that's the right term. Um, it, it, it doesn't really, and you're right, it kind of, that God speaking to an individual, you see it more in the patriarchs, and then you see it with Moses, and then with Joshua but you definitely see it less and less throughout Old Testament history and into the New Testament. And so why is that? It doesn't really say a couple of things. One, I think, especially as you look through the Old Testament history, um, as uh, a sin became more and more rampant, people became further and further from God uh, to where they didn't even know the, that this God existed. So I think when, when God spoke to Abram, like it was kind of like, not something he was expecting versus earlier on when he when he spoke to Cain and Abel they knew God because they were so much closer to the fall um, and, and so that's my conjecture I'm not really completely sure but I think the biggest reason that maybe things have changed today uh, is is Jesus Christ um, if if um, you know people do still hear from God today it isn't just an intellectual uh, understanding read the Bible learn something about God try to apply it God speaks through his word. So yes, learning it, uh, what is true and what isn't, is very important. But if you've ever had the experience of reading scripture and, and, and or uh, having it preached or taught to you or even a, in a song or, you know, it, that God will speak to us. But he also speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions still. Uh, it's just, you always had to want to weigh it against the word of truth. So why have things changed? Well, I think even though we could go different places, I want to bring you to Hebrews chapter 4. 
um, starting in verse 11. He's in the middle of explaining why Christ is the better rest, the better promised land, right? He says, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And then he says this in verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give account. Okay, and I won't read it to you, but the rest of it is all about how Christ is our great high priest. So because of our rest in Christ, because Jesus um, it, it, it makes us worthy to go to the throne of grace, understands us, right, that our rest is in him, and we don't need the audible, um, you know, that, that Abram had and that Noah had and that Moses had because we have the word of God and we have the spirit of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us so that we can, so that when we read the word or, or it gets preached or like I said earlier, a song or, or something else, that, that God uses that, like that two-edged sword, really digging deep and, and, and encouraging us on one hand and also digging the, the, the wounds of shame and of regret or of sin. And, and so that's how God moves us and it's just different. It doesn't make it less so. In fact, I think we could argue that it's much better because it's, it's secure, it's in Christ. And, we, and not only does he tell us what to do, he gives us the power and strength in Christ to do it, right? So I think that's why things have changed um, because we now have Christ, whereas before that they, they didn't. Okay, um, the second and last question is, the Bible states that you cannot enter heaven without accepting Jesus as your Lord. Does that apply to the Jewish faith or race? I know they are God's chosen ones. So first of all, short answer is, yes, it does apply to them. Um, but uh, let me give you when God called Abram. So when we call it Jewish people, it's not just, um, it is both a culture and a race and uh, a, a religious belief, right? They're tied in because they're all from the descendants of one man, Abraham. And Abram, who was called, then called Abraham by God, was called out, right? So let me just give you those few verses in Genesis chapter 12. It said, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you, uh, make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, right? In you all the families. So all the families really was what we would see as nations from different families and people groups. And so he's saying you're going to be a blessing not to just your descendants but but to all the families, right? So is Abraham's family chosen of God? Yes, clearly, he chooses them out. I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna be your God, you're gonna be my people. But why did he choose them? That's the key, right? Yes, first of all, he says, I wanna be your God. So I will bless you, I will take care of you, and you will follow me as God. Um, and, and, and I ultimately have this plan of salvation that's gonna come through your descendants, which it did. Jesus Christ is from the line of Abraham. He was Jewish himself. But he also said in that call to Abraham to bless all the families of the earth, all the nations. Um, so the, that would be Gentiles or people outside of Abraham's family. And so again, that promise is answered again in Christ. And so he, he through Abraham's line, brought salvation in Jesus Christ so that those in Abraham, and so, because we're so far, far removed from it that sometimes we can think of it as two religions, so a Jewish person needs to become a Christian. And that's not really how you want to look at it. 
is, is you don't need to forsake your Jewish heritage and you don't need to forsake the, the word of God and all the prophets and the law, right? It, it just is fulfilled in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's a Jewish person coming to recognize that the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament, promised of God to Abraham, is Jesus. And now, yes, you're a Christian, but you're a Jew who, who is also a Christian. Those two things are not opposed to each other like sometimes we think. But uh, those who are Gentiles can also be Christians because, again, through Abraham, found in Christ, all the families on earth are blessed, right? And so, um, yes, everyone, whether you're Jewish or you're a Gentile, you need, you become part of the family of God through trusting in Jesus' finished work on the cross for you. Uh, so that's the way to heaven. It's not switching religions or going to a different church. It's trusting in the Messiah or trusting in the provision, God's own son, Jesus Christ. Hopefully that makes sense. And if not, let me, I'm sure you'll let me know. But uh, I'm going to stop here because those were two pretty involved questions. But we'll have more for you next week. Make sure you ask your questions. Go to cornerstonebv.org and uh, submit your question online. And hopefully we'll see you this weekend. We're going to start a new summer series in Colossians. So uh, no need to sign up anymore. You can come at Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 11. Love to see if you don't have a church home. Come join us. We'd love to meet you. God bless. Talk soon.